And welcome to the Wedding Dish Podcast. Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things wedding. You will hear stories and tips from real couples and wedding pros about love, life, and entrepreneurship. I am Sarah Alifin, your host of The Wedding Dish and CEO of Photos from the Hardy and District Bliss. Um, today, we have a really fun guest coming in from LA to talk a little bit about... <laughs> it looks very sunny and warm there. Meanwhile, is it, it, is, uh... <laughs> it is super cold here. We were talking about it a little bit offline. Um, Andre Paradis, thank you so much for being here today. Good morning. Thank you. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you a little bit about your wedding. Um, I, I'm actually, I don't know anything about it. So I'm really excited to hear a little bit about like even where you got married. Yeah, I, did, um, I did that on a purpose, by the way. Sorry. You wanted to make sure you brought the surprise. Well, no, it's, it's more, to me, it's more interesting to find out in the conversation, you know. Ah, see, a bit of a rebel, you might have noticed. I, I see that. I see that. <laughs> You're a little bit of a fly by the seat of the pants person too, which is that's my my way of rolling. Beautiful. That works. Awesome. Okay, well, so let's start there. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about where you got married. So, um in Los Angeles, uh the city of angels, uh I spent my whole life trying to get here, so I have no intention of like if my life was built here, my my business life, my personal life, my the, here, like my everything, everything good that happened to me happened here in LA. Unbelievable. So, uh, both my my wife and I are dancers. I was a commercial, uh, commercial, uh, we call it commercial jazz dancer. Uh, you know, so music videos, movies, you know, that's the whole stuff. So I. Uh, Made a living at this. I traveled the world, but you know, as a Canadian, I'm Canadian. I had to get my way here to LA. To if I wasn't making a living in this stuff, I had to be. I had to be here. There's no, you can't make a living, you know, in Quebec City <laughs> trying to be a dancer, or even Vancouver. Like you know, so the business is here. The world is here. Everything starts here. So I had to be here. So made my way here. Um, found my beautiful bride in one of my dance classes because it's a teacher as well, um, but. She's a ballerina, so I end up, you know, oop, with my students. Oop. <laughs> I mean, where do you meet people, right? Like, right in your face and your, your life, you know, and you, and you work, you know, often at the office because that's, that's, um, but like, I, you know, we travel, I traveled the world. She traveled as well, but differently because the business is different. But, you know, I ended up working with Michael Jackson or I broke with Prince, I broke with Paul Abdul, I broke with Hula. So I did the whole thing. To the hill, and uh, at one point, as much as I was the guy on the road traveling and having fun and a free spirit, I was actually I'm very very um, what's the word? It's not square. I'm very traditional inside. So even though I looked like a you know this, <laughs> I, I I looked like an artist. I looked at like the free spirit of the guy. I am, but I'm also very traditional in my values inside. So I was always going to get married. I was always going to build a family. I was going to always going to do that whole thing my way though i was gonna do my way and my way was my way which means i was gonna have fun doing it and it was gonna be doing it my way i've always it's interesting i've always in a stubborn kind of you know i'm not gonna be stuck in the box i'm not doing that <laughs> so my wife in my class uh the moment i saw her she was ding it was funny like i don't know if you uh 
I've ever heard this from men, but men typically know in an instant when they see their wives. In an instant. You ladies don't believe in that or don't really. That's typically not the way it happens. For you ladies, it's an osmosis. It takes some like time before you go, you know, this guy has got it going. But most men, this is the business I'm in now, by the way. I coach relationships and, you know, men and women and the dance of relationships, how to date. You know, it's confusing nowadays. But as you see, men know, boom, that's my wife. Boom, that's my wife. Without knowing her, we have sort of, in, you know, it's in, in uh, intuition about this. Anyway, she walks into my class. Boom, that's my wife. Like in the movies. You know, I'm surrounded with 45 beautiful women, young women, all day long. You know, looking, actually, the radar, especially the radar was up. When I got off the road, after doing the road life, you know, I was looking for my girl. Radar up. All the time. In every class. Are you my wife? Are you my wife? Is this my wife? Nope, 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 nope. She walks in, cooked. Anyway, cooked. So within about a year and a half, uh, I proposed. I did it like in the movies. It's funny because here, because we live in the land of movies, you could you could do anything like a movie. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know true. I mean? It's really, really fun. Like living here is this opportunity. Like you have all the landmarks and all the places. And so on a, on a Friday afternoon... Friday evening, I took her for dinner in my little car, and I suppose we'll just boot around after you know after dinner. But I, I'm <laughs> I'm silly because I I kind of liquored her up with wine, you know, in dinner. So she gets in the car and passes out. <laughs> I'm trying to propose, and she's asleep in my car. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I failed. You know better. You know, two glasses of wine, and she's out. What are you doing? I mean. So next weekend, same stuff. She has no idea. <laughs> so a little earlier, no wine. So it's so we in this pretext of you know hiking. So we woke up at Mulholland Drive, which is famous. Mulholland Drive drives you know it's the top of the hills, right above LA, the whole way across the valley. So I drive to one of the the peak, the beginning of Mulholland Drive that actually looks at the city downtown, the Griffith, uh, not Griffith Park. You see Griffith Park, but you um <clears throat> um. Blank, I'm blanking. Um, it's outside theater. Uh, we're famous for it. I don't know him. Blanking. Uh, uh, not the Hollywood Bowl. Yes, the Hollywood Bowl. Duh. <laughs> Thank you. So the, the the peak of where we were, the peak of peak of Mulholland, where it starts. The Hollywood Bowl is right below. The Hollywood signs on your on your left. You know, and the city, the one one freeway all the way to downtown. It's freaking beautiful. So, you know, in the pretense, it's just walking around. And sure enough, as we got on top, you, you, there's, a, there's a parking lot. And you walk up a trail, and you're in the hills, you know. But there, there was a uh, walk to the tip. There's a bench. She's sitting, looking at the view. And then I went at one knee. So it was like in front of the entire world. And God, will you be my wife? And I know that was the moment. But I could, like in the movies. <laughs> but again we're set up for that here so that was the That's moment true. that was the moment uh and but then the wedding planning that was interesting you're not gonna like what i want to say about all this by the way but it's like i'm a man and that had the whole experience was really weird <laughs> it, really it is weird. a weird experience you are really absolutely weird. correct but i didn't expect that <laughs> you know so from the moment we said the date you know, like my wife turned into 
another woman on some level. <laughs> like, like the planning for the perfect day. My God, what it does to you ladies, you know? It's a lot of pressure. It's, um, <sighs> it's, it's a lot. I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons I did my wedding in the way that I did because I didn't want to go through a lot of external pressure from it. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's a lot of pressure to put on yourself about one day being like, and it, it, it's also not intuitive because you've never done it before. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> and then like, do you want to be, you know, please everybody. And do you want everything to be right? You know, from them being comfortable, the food, the setting, the parking, the, you know, the planning, the, the timing, the, Oh my God. You know, but like I, I saw a side of my wife that my wife is very, <clears throat> what's the word? She's easygoing. She's mm-hmm. low maintenance. You know, she has five older brothers. Like I, you know, even though I could be a lot, you know, there's only one of me. She's all, yeah. she's all <laughs> please. <laughs> you know, five older brothers, they're all, they're all, they're all a year apart as well. So like they're five maniacs Whoa. and then her. So she's a princess, you know, and uh, she's used to the noise. She's used to the farts. She's used to the length. She's used to, the, you know, I can't even gross her out. I try to gross her out. She's all, is that all you got? That's all you got? <laughs> That's all you got. All right. And I'm like, damn, that girl's resilient. Like, she's handling this. Like, <laughs> Anyway. So but she became, you know, easygoing. She's easygoing. She's casual. She's she's gentle. She's um low maintenance in every way <clears throat> and then something happened when she started planning the damn wedding <laughs> you know like everything casual went out the window and then became hyper um vigilant i guess is the word with the details you know it can, which it's a lot i never seen her like this but you know right down it started right away like so what happened is <laughs> her and her bridesmaids which is which was a friend of ours, <clears throat> a bridesmaid, uh, started like doing the girl thing and you know, flipping through magazines and chatting and you know, whatever. Okay, that's all good. And then I work at the time when I got off the road. I started a, a regular. Um, I opened a car business in Los Angeles, so I'm working in my business and my again. I do my own thing. It's <laughs> me again. And you know, but. You know, those are like when you own the business, you're the owner. You everything's on you. You're like so, the hours are longer a lot of times. That you know, um, and I was working on a Saturdays at those in those days. So the the, play, the shop was open on Saturdays. So I get Sunday off, and you know the la- the last little bits of Saturdays, right Saturday afternoon. But all of a sudden, oh, we're shopping <laughs> for the wedding, right? But that nobody kind of asked me they just sort of like you know you have to meet us there and we have to look at this and we have to meet us there have to this, this, this. so all of a sudden I'm, I'm i'm part of a machine that I was not expecting or uh looking forward to or you know i mean at one point seriously we ended up looking at invitations and they had the idea for the pal- color palette all right i'm an artist so i understand this. I mean, I get colors, I get style, like, I get it, you know, just, that's sort of my makeup to a point, <laughs> you know, to a point, because did you know, by the way, there's, you know, there's like 19 shades of lilac. Did you know that? I didn't know that. That was too much. 
that was way too much. Though seriously, then you have to figure out which you know, like the theme first, and then the oh my god, okay, that was one, and then so then it went into like every, I mean, every detail of this thing, right? Like every detail was this avalanche of details. So one weekend ruined shopping around for stuff that I don't understand. That that could eighteen nineteen shades of lilac. I mean, I, I don't pick one. I you know I. I don't, you like lilac? I took that one. Like whatever, like done, right? But no, no, because the thing is got to match this and this, and the flowers are going to be a little darker. Okay, one weekend ruined, two weekend ruined, being dragged around and looking at things that I have very little interest. Really, I mean, it's too much detail. It's just way too much. And so by the third weekend, when I'm told where to go to meet, and I said, um, if there's going to be a wedding, this has to stop now. Which is a terrible thing to say to your bride, right? If there's going to be a wedding, this has to stop. This is killing me. Like, I don't. None of this really is working for me. You know what I mean? And I need to recover. Like, I'm enough, right? So she got all big-eyed, and they looked at each other like, "Well, like, <laughs> figure you'd be part. Want to be part of this? I go. I'll. I'll be part of the big stuff. You know, the caterer, sure. Testing the food, the cake. That's cake. You know what I mean? But yeah, I'll take a look, right? So give me the big stuff, but no more, no more lilac and no more color and no more centerpiece. And please, you're killing me, right? Like, like no more tasting. You know, sixteen different caterers, just in case. You know, for the price. Oh, come on. Anyway, so, but they, they, I have to say, you know, my wife being easygoing, sure. When you know what? Fair enough. We'll have fun doing it, and they did. So, um, I literally just was there for the, you know, the food, the cake, one more thing. I've said that obviously the, um, um, the location, <clears throat> location was important because that's a big deal, right? So logistically for me, parking and all that, you know, that to me, that was a big deal. So we're both Catholic, but, uh, in the Catholic church, I don't know if you know this, the Catholic church will not allow you to get married anywhere, but inside the church, it's not, it's, it's illegal. I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> like, that, that was, we live in paradise for God's sakes, right? So, here was really popular here is outdoor wedding. That's, that's some shit, right? That's, that's, you know, and caterers and companies that do this know how to do this. Like, they know how to make, you know, so sure enough, we had to find a priest. Who's a rebel himself? Who would like do it outside the church? So, found the guy, and so we actually married. It's called Orchid Ranch, which is you know in the north North Valley of Los Angeles, and it's a, it's a um, <clears throat> it's an orange grove. So it's you know this kind of set up for um, so orange grove, but they have this whole front section, almost like a farmer's market slash wedding venue so you walk around the corner and this clearing opens up and they have the white arches and then the flowers and the thing and the chair the little white chairs in the grass and the woods you know and the orchid come on you know, oh like, that's perfect that, that was like okay so that was that's the la style wedding type thing so that's what we did but um yeah i was very little involved in any of that <laughs> Did that cause a strain on your relationship or, okay, 
No, 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 no. Like I said, for the second, they actually thought as a woman, they assumed I'd be all into it somehow because they were so into it, you know, until I said, I can't. Like, this is going to, I don't, if you keep doing this, there's going to be no wedding because <laughs> I'm going to be angry, you know, all the time. Like, I don't, like, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. It's not fun for me. You're killing me, you know. And so, yeah, no, they both, you know, surprised because they didn't see that coming and then completely respected it and, you know, pulled me in for the ones that they knew were important. So I actually really appreciated that. That's awesome. I mean, it's so important to know who your significant other is and to be able to have those conversations because even though that's like a scary thing to hear or to say, it's still it's important to, you know, be able to have those difficult conversations because <laughs> life is not easy. Life is messy. <laughs> and I mean, if you, you know, if you can't have those conversations before this, you know, after the wedding, you know, Houston, you know, you can have a problem. <laughs> because now you're not going anywhere and you know you haven't learned to do that that's that's not that's not even cute right that's so i think right from the get-go that those are like that's a, a basically almost a test of your life together or your lives together like this is how i roll this is how i roll oh uh, yeah i mean that's new <laughs> And it's great. I'm sure she actually had more fun than going and doing it with someone who was enjoying. I promise you. I promise they they loved getting in the car and looking and touching every single thing, you know. And how did that go with the? Uh, how did that go with the? Uh, <laughs> when you when you register, you have to go to all the stores and register all this stuff. And like these two were like in heaven, you know. They come back like and they do lunch in between. They come back all giggly and girly and you know, and they get their nails done at the same time and they're like, beautiful, have fun. You know? I was sitting by the pool. Thank you. <laughs> so no, it was actually I think it was actually relieves the stress at some level. Like, you know, they, they really had all those details. They like doing it. That's awesome. I mean, it's it's great that they got to have fun doing it too. I'm really glad that you know it. You know, obviously, as a relationship coach, um, you know the importance of communication and, and taking care of yourself in your relationship takes care helps take care of the relationship. Straight up, but boundaries. You know what I mean? Boundaries, personal boundaries, life boundaries, like boundaries. Like I don't want to do this. This doesn't work for me. You know, not. And you don't necessarily, you don't, it's just boundaries. Like, you know, like I don't want to, like, it's gentle, just a matter of fact type thing. You know, there's no need to, I think people get rough when they feel they, they've not been heard, so they have to push, you know what I mean? But, like, we, I see what I see all the time, you know, is that people get in trouble in their relationships because they either have poor boundaries here and there and everywhere. We're all guilty of that at some level. But the worst thing I see that the, the, the common, like, you know, the common derailment comes from uh, having expectations of people. You, know, you expect them to treat you a certain way. You expect them to talk to you a certain way. You expect them to do this. You expect them to do that. You expect them to do it your way. You expect them to understand. You expect them to expect. We, expect, we constantly expect things of people, but, but we don't tell them. Our expectations, and there's a psychologically this interesting thing about that that we we don't tell our expectations because we're actually afraid that if we tell them and they don't meet them, we'll laugh in your face that you'll be crushed. So you don't, you show them, 
the way you want to be treated. And they're supposed to get it, but they don't necessarily because they're a whole different human being, right? So if your expectations aren't met, which you've never expressed, you get your, feeling hurt, your feelings hurt or you get bent out of shape or you get mad. And now you're assuming something about the person who did not meet the expectation that you never spoke about. And now he's a jerk or she's crazy or what. And it starts, right? Like right from the get-go. It's a, it's, a, it's a big one. Expectations of, I expected him to come shopping with us all the way through. Well, no, never checked in, you know. <laughs> but my job was to put the boundary. Like, you know, I love you. I'm not doing this. Or I'll do it, let's do it differently. Let's think of another way because that's too much. Yeah. Oh, or just. I expected him to enjoy doing all of the shopping and care about the 19 shades of lilac. And honestly, (laughs) you may not care about the 19 shades. And I found that out then, by the way. I didn't know. I didn't know that it was too much. I'm like, what the hell is this? You know? And so, and maybe she expected me to really be part of all this stuff and making every decision with her so she wouldn't make a mistake. Because actually, to the feminine, that's the worst thing, right? If you if it's in your hands and then I go, what kind of what the hell is this? <laughs> on the wedding day, I just ruined the wedding. Do you know what I mean? So I understand the, the the need for the feminine to like, you know, make sure that she's everything is pleasing and pleasant to everyone, but first to me. Yeah. And that's the pressure, right? Like everybody if somebody, you know, if the food's cold, the wedding is ruined. No, 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 no. Come on. This is, you know, the, but that's that if, if it occurs to that way to the feminine, right? Like it's not perfect, so people would displease. And on my wedding day, it's horrible, and that's enough to ruin her day, you know. So again, like kind of reel her back, and then to and to like take the time, enjoy the moment, let it go. It's you know, because like, I do I officiate weddings. You know that I officiate weddings myself now. Uh, so I coach people into relationships, and then I marry them. Some of them. Oh, what an honor. And that and is that, so cool. That is so cool. You have no idea. Like the biggest honor in the world to be up front and like just to, to work with a couple and then to put them together like officially. Oh, I mean, I can't, there's no words for this. You know, the first time I did it, I thought, oh, you know, because actually I, I, it was a client who they say, just like us, I guess. He's like, you know, we're not really that religious and we want to get married outside, you know, and we don't really, you know, but we need somebody to officiate. And he goes, you know, you helped us get together, like, and then make sure that we say, it's like, why do you get, you know, um, uh, ordained so you could be our minister? And I'm like, well, that's a good idea. It goes, look, it fits right into your life and your business. Like, you keep doing this after us. You just, I'm like, that's brilliant. <laughs> but, it really is. It, but I mean, and the first time I got, they got married up north by Fresno, by this lake, and they, they came. She came in on that like, kind of a, the, a little boat with the. Oh my goodness, it was insane how beautiful it was. Like California living on the lake, the big, the trees. Woo! Like, damn, they did it right. <clears throat> and um, and I just, you know, I'm used to speaking. I'm used to teaching. My whole life I've been in front of people. So that's, to me, that was no brainer. So I just kind of found a, a ceremony I liked. I tweeted my way. You know, we had to squeeze in Uncle Uncle Jack wanted to say a prayer in the middle. So we had squeezed that in and blah, blah, blah. So I just, to me, it was a logistical, like, just, you know, okay, let's get this done. So I'll, I'm in charge. The surprise, like, like. Like it was overwhelming. Like when when it all came together, and then the families come in on both sides, you know, and then the parents, and it, okay, whoa, 
whoa, I get to be, I get to do this. Like, whoa. Like it was like it overwhelming, the feeling of the honor, right? And, and oof, anyway, I can't say enough about this. I have a good life. I have a good life. It sounds like it. <laughs> and again, I, I do it my way, you know, like, <laughs> but that's, yeah, it's, I have everything. I mean, I have everything. It's unbelievable. And a beautiful, sweet bride and two kids. And <laughs> I love it. Well, we are going to take a super fast break on the wedding dish with Andre Paradis. And we will be right back. Um, and I am going to, uh, we're going to find out some tips that he has for relationships. So stay tuned. And we are back on The Wedding Dish. I, of course, am Sarah Alipin, your hostess with The Mostest. And at the table with me today, I have the founder and CEO of Project Equinox, Andre Paradis. Um, we are talking a little bit about his wedding, but also we're going to dive into a little bit about relationships. Mm. Um, Seems appropriate. So Seems it, appropriate. It does. <laughs> it does. So... Um, <laughs> Wedding planning is obviously a very high stress time and and it can cause some things to come up that have not come up in your relationship to this mm -hmm. point. Um and you know this obviously. Um and as a relationship coach, you know, what are some things common mistakes you see in relationships that people make um specifically during high stress times like something, you know, like wedding planning? Well, things come up, you know, in high stress that don't necessarily, you know, you might not have noticed in your partner till, you know, that kind of level of stress because it gets, it gets, you know, we talked about this earlier about how for the feminine, especially the idea of everything being perfect is such a deal. That's why bridezillas exist because literally that avalanche of detail is overwhelming and just trying to keep up. And if one thing goes wrong, House of Cards, you know, and I've seen it, I've seen it, I've seen it, like, because uh, uh, some, you know, I've done different types of weddings and I've been in a lot of weddings, you know, uh, interestingly enough, <laughs> like I've been to a lot of weddings. Before I got married, I had a friend and she was Italian and I, me and her were just friends because I'm a dancer. So I was, I was I'm the, always the guy to be asked to go, you know, <laughs> as an escort at the wedding because you know i'm there anyway but i mean how many weddings did her and i go to like every other weekend we had a wedding to go to like it was unbelievable like it big big italian weddings and jewish weddings and all the different styles of ceremonies greek wedding and the whole pie throw the ball and what's going on <laughs> so, it's fascinating um but the details, right? Like I remember one bride losing her stuff, like completely losing her stuff, because at one point before the whole thing starts, there's an exchange of presents to the parents and 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 the in-law parents that has to happen mid-afternoon, part of the culture, right? And somebody messed it up before the wedding. She's falling apart. Make up a little face. This like you have to redo her, and do you know what I mean? Like so, I guess the feminine, like the idea of perfection, which is really, 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 really stressful because there's no such thing. There's no such thing. So, with my wife, you know, having a sense of that, and when I officiate weddings, I constantly tell them, you have to let it go. You do it all up front, and you're hoping that it's going to work out, but you have to let it go. Be present, because I, when I did it, I remember. Like it, it goes, you know, it goes like this. It's over. 
literally, you get up that morning, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You know what I mean? Next thing you know, you find yourself in the car, and then you're in front of people, and then there's music, and it's over. That's it. I mean, it's like a flash in the pan. Like, it's such a, like a tornado, and I go, enjoy every moment. Sit back and look. Take it in. Like, your whole families are here, right? Take it away. Hold on. Take it in. You're in a wedding gown. Take it in. You're in front of, you know, all your loved ones, declaring your life with this person. Take it in. Take it in. Slow down. Slow down, right? The first dance. Take it in, you know? Just look around for a moment as opposed to, like, the, the image of it, you know? It's so... Uh... Yeah, don't let it, like, flash out from under you. Really but, take yeah. a moment and breathe through the whole thing and be present. I and love that. Constantly, let... constantly slow it down for you, you know, in your mind for, you, for yourself, like, you know? Because otherwise, as, as I've seen it, it's an avalanche of machine gun details and none of it is fun and none of it for her like especially for her, like i've seen guys like this you know what i mean and hardly even present for the moment when she says i do because it's only the beginning of the rest of the evening and anyways i'm just saying that it's it, it could be a kick in the head and people think it's such a it's a beautiful day the best it, day of my life and it could be the most stressful day of your life Yes. Yeah. Having the expectation of it being the best day of your life is a really hard. I mean, how can you even meet that expectation? Well, you you have lived like a quarter of your life at that point. Seriously. But also, like expectations, right? Or perfection, right? Perfection, which is very much so, you know, something that on a special occasion like this, the feminist would be attached to, but there's no such thing as perfection. You can't, there's no such, it doesn't exist. It's, it's a fantasy. It's a, it's like, an idea you can get close to perfection if you do something for 25 30 years you'll be really good at it but you still won't be perfect at it you become an expert at wedding one day you've never done this in your life yeah no <laughs> like, so you count on other people who've done it experts to make it smooth but the, the 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 stacking of the layers of the event unfolding right perfection so and it falls back to me into we talked about like the, in in relationships and getting to know each other in that kind of environment. Like the the the, the we talked about this about this a little bit earlier. The the the, pro, the mistake people make expectations up front, and that that goes. We all do this expectations, you know, for that day for the it to go perfect. No such thing. <laughs> you can't even plan today. To go the way you plan it all the way. Like, just try to plan one day and have it turn out the way you plan it. That ain't going to work. Right? My day, it's 11 in the morning here, and my day hasn't gone as I planned. See? So, I mean, right? So, it's like you can't even do one, like, casual day of business. To, to Really? So, okay, okay, let's, let's, let's get real. All right? Let's get real. So, expectations, chill, right? Allow for things to go. Don't expect them, but, you know. <clears throat> You light it up as, much, as, well, as well as you can, you know, and then and again, it's an assumption about the not met expectation that derails people the most. You know, my wife could have made all kinds of horrible, you know, um, I, she could have made all kinds of meaning about me not wanting to be part of that, you know. What kind of jerk doesn't want to be part of his wedding and pick the colors and thing? And well, the jerk that works. 60 hour weeks, <laughs> who needs to recover so he can, can keep going, you know, and the, that kind of jerk. Well, that's not a jerk. That's a, a guy who understands how to keep the machine going, 
for his life. You know, by the way, my life is for her life. <laughs> you know what I mean? The machine of our lives is for her, you know, the other half of it. So I'm not at the shop and working on what I'm working on just because I want to do it. This our lives. So, yeah, you know. So expectation, you know, and then boundaries about stuff. You have to be able to tell your boundaries. You have to be able to set your boundaries gently. You know, if you do this, I'll do this. I don't like when you do this. I love when you do this. This works for me. This doesn't work for me. You know, more of this, less of that. You know, and that's the big one, right? People are like, how do you negotiate? How do you negotiate your wants and needs respectfully? That's another one. That's the big one that I see, right? People don't know how to get, uh, negotiate their wants and needs respectfully. The respectful part is essential for both men and women, but I need to say this, especially with men. <clears throat> for the way we're wired, you know, if you're going di- to make me push on me or like kind of decide for me or, right? Instant reaction. Instant reaction, and even if you're right, you don't get the reaction you want. I'm going to push back. If you push, I push back. It's the instinctual warrior in men. You know, women forget that sometimes. We're warriors and, and fighters at heart. So we'll protect you, and we're actually built to protect you. But if you turn on me and then attack me, whether it's just the words, a push, a lean, that if you lean on me, the instinct is to push back on my girl. I, I, wait, I don't want to push back on my. Why are you pushing on me? You know what I mean? Why you? What, so it's interesting that that little reflex, right? God gets a lot of people in trouble in relationships because she just wants it done this way. And sometimes you approach him disrespectfully, like his mother. You're gonna tell him. You're gonna make him. You're gonna get mad at it. You're gonna force. You know, because you ask three times. It seems such a whatever. Right? There's a bunch of little ways that happens. What happens in the next second is he pushes back. He yells. He's mad, and he leaves. Right, and you go, what kind of a jerk am I associated with? Right, like, <laughs> like, ooh, don't push, like. So that's that's one of those like the respect bit, right? The same with the ladies, but see, interesting. Get this. So we both want to be uh, cherished and respected, right? People say like, you want to be, I want to be loved and respected. Everybody wants to be loved and respected. However, they they occur backwards for men and women. So a man cannot love you unless he feels respected by you. He can't fall in love with you unless he feels respected by you. Respected means you know who he is. You don't try to change him. You know what I mean? You get him. That's simple. Right? Seen and heard, yeah. Right. So, But if, if you're trying to change him for the get-go, if you don't get him, if you make fun of the hobbies that he has, if you think that's stupid because you don't make sense, it doesn't work for you, he feels like you don't get him. You will try to change him. You know what I mean? And he can't hitch his wagon onto you. He can't do it. He won't do it. Do you know what I mean? So if he doesn't feel respected for who he is, you know, on a big scale, he can't, he won't, he won't be able to cherish you, fall in love with you. He can't. Like, he can't be himself in that. You know, she doesn't get me. That's what they say. She doesn't get me. I have to let her go. My life is going to be hell, right? That's, that's the assumption. It's, it's true. So when you respect a man, that's actually how he can fall in love with you. So you have to respect the man first. I hate to say it, but this is factual. This is not my opinion. It's just really what it is. There's a lot of data on this. It's my work. When you respect a man, he feels cherished. Interesting. And that's how he could actually now cherish you, right? And when you, a woman is cherished, she feels respected. Oh, look at that. You see it? 
God. Okay. So you're saying when a man is respected, then they can cherish the a woman. Yes. And when a woman is cherished, cherished, she can respect her man. You can't respect the guy that doesn't love you, respect you. You can't respect them, but right? you can't. That's true. I would not. Um... You can't, right? So we both want both, but they, they come backwards. You have to respect a man first for him to cherish you. When he cherishes you, you feel cherished. Now you can respect him. And as you respect him for cherishing you, he feels cherished, <laughs> you, res- you, you know, and respected. So he, res- he cherishes you more. And this is the up funnel, right? This is upward. We both need both, but backwards. That's just huge. This is huge, right? People are not aware of this. And again, if you're going to lean on him, if you're going to push him and try to correct him, make him do anything, anything, by the smallest thing. If you lean on him, you're going to trigger the beast and, the, and the, the loving guy who's happy to cherish you and keep you comfortable and happy. And his girl turns into the cold rock. Now he's now you you now you're feeling resistance and even push back on you. Even if you're right, by the way, it's not even the 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 thing. You could be completely right about what you're asking. It's how you approach it that makes the difference. If you're disrespectful about it, you get the wall, you get the push, and you think you have a jerk. Interesting. Same person, two different reactions, right? Two sides of the coins. Same with the ladies, right? You could turn a beautiful, loving. I could turn my wife into a complete mess if I change everything that I do with her. Like, you know what I mean? Like the way she's used to me being loving and kind to her. And if, if tomorrow morning I stop talking to her, never look her in her face, never touch her, you know, become aloof, tell her anything, stop, stop coming home on a regular basis. Or at the, see, if I change all the rhythms, she'll go nuts. You yeah, know what I mean? changing, changing, like, especially when you've had an established relationship yeah. and pattern in your relationship, yeah. changing that can really throw yeah. someone. So my, my loving wife could turn into a beast, the flip side of the coin, right? So what happens to man is a, a, a kind, loving man. It, if you bring out the worst in him, and this is when things get weird, right? So this is part of my work. Like how, do you, how, you can, how do you communicate? You want the need. How do you negotiate those things respectfully so that everybody actually, like, there's no pushing. There's like, oh, when you do this, this is what happens to me. I don't like it. You know, it's, can, we, can we do it in another way? That's, oh, well, I don't understand. When you do this, that's what happens to me. I don't like it. I'm uncomfortable with it. Well, like, so what should I do? <laughs> like he'll ask you, or he'll figure it out. Like, do you know what I mean? That's that's how you approach a man. Not you know, I'm sick of your shit. You know, I don't like that. You know what I mean? Like, Nobody wants to hear I'm sick of your shit. But I want to say, like, I want to say this because it, it's my work, right? Like, uh, if even the smallest thing on you, that if some I do something that's irritating, right? You're in a relationship. We're in a relationship. I do something that irritates you. That happens all the time. Happens all the time because we're humans, right? And vice versa, by the way. But for you, ladies, typically, you know, I'll do something that irritates you, and you go, ah, right. But then, you know, it's not worth fighting for or about, right? I'm okay. Just blow it off, fine, you know. And then you take the dog for a walk or you, whatever, and then within an hour, you're like, okay, just. Let it go, you're fine. So you think. So you think. Now, I don't even know something happened, by the way, which is unfair. 
because if you don't tell me, how would I fix it, right? So, but that's how we do it, right? So that same little thing, two days later, he does again. And you go, <sighs> go for a walk, come back, <sighs> let it go, let it go, let it go. But you don't, right? So what happened is those little things that are so silly that seem to be not worth a fight because what, what happens to the feminine as the, typically is that if you bring it up, <clears throat> you have experience of that a lot. If you bring it up, it's going, what the hell are you talking about? And then you can actually start a fight over something that's, you're trying to let go, it irritated you, but, uh, 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 right? The problem is, again, these start stacking. <laughs> yeah, and that they weight stack. can be crushing. Right, but get this, this is a terrible mistake that we all make, right? You don't want to stir the crap, so you don't say anything, and you're trying to let it go, because it's no big deal, and it's just irritating, but they don't go away, they stack. And so what happened is those little things that, by the way, he has no clue that it's irritating you, hurting you, bothering you, like, you know, making you feel like, you know, bring, put in the word here, whatever it is. He has no idea. So how can he stop it, right? But to you, so obvious, seemingly. Right? Anyway, so they stack. And this is what happens. This is what I said earlier. The problem is, like, at one point, that one little thing and it could be a variety of similar little things. They just pile up. It could be 12 different things all the time. You know what I mean? <sighs> right? And then one time, you're tired, you're cranky, you're on your, whatever, right? <laughs> and he does that little thing that he has no idea. You know, boom, there's a bomb. And then you go, you know what? I'm sick of this. You know, you always, you never, and then now the big generalization come out, right? You, now it's an attack. Just the fact that you lose your temper is an attack on him, honestly. Right? And guess what he's going to do? What the hell's wrong with you? Because it's too big. It's overcalibrated for the thing that just happened, but it's not the thing that just happened. It's the stacking that got you like this. So now that you can't hold your tongue because it's too much, avalanche on his head, he's like, You're fucking crazy. I've never said that. I did that. That's not what happened. That's, that's not, you're overreacting. Oh. How much the you like to hear? Thing to say. <laughs> thing to say. How much you like to hear that you're overreacting? What is wrong with you? This should or be calm down. Is calm the down, other. or this should not be bothering you? <laughs> right? Always bad things to say. Well, yes, because he, like for the little injury that just happened, right? That is overcalibrated. Like now you're acting like a crazy woman. For this is what is creating all this, this thing, right? And if, so then, of course, he's like, then you get blown off and he tells you, like, you know, there's something wrong with you and what, you're too sensitive, I can't talk to you, like, all of it comes out. And now you want to kill him because you're, right, the, the pop, the, 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 the cap came off, right? So this is what I'm talking about. Like, this, these things, you have to clean up as you go. And nobody really wants to do this because you're, but if you approach him respectfully with every little thing and clean him up, he never explodes. It's always safe for you to do so. And you go, huh. Thanks, babe. Right? Like, they don't get to stack up. So that's, 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 that's a huge one. But it's, it creeps in. It creeps in. It creeps in. If you don't tell them something upsets you, even as silly as it sounds, you know, you can't fix it. It's not fair. Vice versa. Yeah. It's not Communication. Fair. And not allowing things to build like that 
is very important in a relationship and even in work in stuff. Every too. relationship, every work, yeah. every relationship, your kids, your boss, your, your coworkers, your peers, like in, in the big one, your husband or wife or boyfriend, like get deep because you know, you have all the logistics of what you go wrong. Plus we put love on top of it. So expectations are higher. Emotions are higher, right? You should know is higher. She should know better. <laughs> like all the, So we just, love relationships are like up here when you know dynamics of work will be less less heart driven less you know and like emotionally driven that thing interesting yeah but it's a really easy way to do this you really have to be vigilant you know and and i i love when people say you know you always hear this right it's all about communication it's all about communication so, well, of course it's all about communication but people think that communicating and this is the next, the next thing that i see that derails couples because <clears throat> um, you know, I, like you and I, I'm looking at you. We're speaking English. Mm -hmm. you, you listen and hear the words that I'm saying, so we're communicating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Communication is not the words, right? It's not the words. It's if you're not getting the results that you want, and you think you're communicating, but you're not getting the results that you want. You're not. You're missing the boat somewhere, because men and women speak differently. That one is huge as well, it's because. Many women speak differently. We listen differently. And the filters in which we do so changes the meaning of what I just heard. So you can say the words, but I'll pick something up that you didn't say and vice versa. You know? So yeah. that's like enormous in the derailing of, you know, not understanding each other. Like, get this. I'm going to give you an example, right? It makes guys' heads explode when I teach this, right? Because you ladies don't really realize what you're doing. You know exactly what you're doing, but you don't realize that we don't know what the hell's going on because to you it's so obvious. Vice versa, by the way. <laughs> so get this, my wife. So <laughs> I go, babe, you want to go to movies tonight? She goes, oh, yeah. I'm like, great. Let me make a plan. And then she's mad. But what the hell? What do you mean? I I said, you said yes. And all the girlfriends that watched this, if there was an audience. All thinking, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? She said, <laughs> she said, yeah, it's a no. The hesitation, the tone, the squeak, mm, yeah, that's a no. Now, <laughs> she thinks she said no. They all heard that she said no, and I'm making a plan, and they're like, what the hell is it? That guy's an idiot. <laughs> what I heard is, yes. I didn't hear the, hmm. Like we have no brain for details and tones. What ladies say this all the time, it's not what you said, it's the way you said it. We're completely deaf to those things. So we will hurt your feelings with tone because we don't hear tone. We don't have, we, we go for the, now, my wife used to get hurt. She goes, you know, you can tell me this, but it's the way you say it. I'm like, I'm like, babe, I'm upset, right? I'm upset. We'll come out like this, right? I can't send you flowers when I'm pissed. <laughs> now, I'm not going to yell at you, but there'll be that pace to it right and just that just that pace will hurt her feelings well how am i how am i how can i help that you know i'm i'm frustrated so you're gonna hear frustration right but tone energy coming at you like oh, 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 to the feminist always like crushing we don't know we, we don't we can't we have no radar for this right so you think you're communicating with your tones in your windows hints and we're waiting we we actually listen to the words and it gets, us, it gets us in trouble all the time. We think we're communicating. If it's not happening on the other side, somebody gets upset, you're not. 
you're not, you know, and so it's, it's, that one is a whole, that's a fun one to learn because, oh yeah, like the layers of the way you do this, like we speak directly, you don't, right? The highlights, I speak directly, you don't. So when I say something, I just said it. But when I say something to my wife or a woman, she goes, hmm, what's he trying to tell me? I just said it. What, are you mad at me? No, I just said it. Well, is, that, is this this? What do you say? I just said it, right? <laughs> <laughs> because you're looking for the meaning behind the words. We mean the words. And so when you talk to us, you, always, you also talk in hints and windows. It's so obvious what you're saying. He's like, I don't. <laughs> a woman cannot say to a man, I don't like that shirt on you. That's, that's too rude. So you go, are you going to wear that? Yeah, why? Well, what if you're hot? I'll be all right. She's like, damn it. So what if you're cold? <laughs> well, I'm cool. I'm, you know. She's like, damn it, right? Like he's not hearing me. And you're thinking, you saw, like, every girl in the room knows what you're saying. Get, the, get that shirt off of you. She hates it. <laughs> you're not saying that. You can't say that, right? So what if we go somewhere nice after for dinner? And what if we, uh, you'll see 17 things hinting at, I don't like that shirt, except saying, I don't like that shirt. And then you think he's an idiot. And now he's in the car with that shirt. And you go, oh, I'm so embarrassed. But <laughs> he's wearing a plaid shirt to my mother's birthday party, right? Go, whatever. <laughs> Just fucking say it. <laughs> You can't hurt my feelings. I'm not a girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't say that to my wife, you know. But she <laughs> typically would show up and go, what do you think? I'm not going to do that, right? <laughs> like, what, are you going to wear that? Is that what you just said? Like, yeah. <laughs> Please change. Why? Because we're going to my mother's. Like, well, you don't think that's cool? No. No, get the. Get the you know, get a dress shirt. You know, pants are fine. Get a dress shirt. It's Sunday afternoon. Oh, really? Like, yeah, babe. Oh, all right. <laughs> like, that's, but you have to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you tweet that all day thinking, what, who, who is, he's so clueless. <laughs> According to you, even he thought he was fine. He thinks he's fine. <laughs> anyway, it's kind of funny. So I love that stuff because it's all the stuff. That we collide against each other, especially if we're married, because we're it's we're committed, right? So there's no, there's no, it's, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend is always a an exit an exit strategy that is possible. Married, this is the rest of my life. There's no eject cord <laughs> in there's, here. This is this the rest of my life, right? Women will say this to me like I realize. He's going to be doing this the rest of his life. And this is the rest of my life. This is how, <laughs> this is what I got to deal with the, the rest of my life. And often this is when you're trying to change him, which is, that starts with the disrespect and the derailing of the couple. And it's interesting because women, are, women marry men hoping to change them on some layer. That's pretty natural. It's a terrible idea, you know, so don't think you can because yeah, you're never gonna change somebody's personality. Well, the guy, the men will change, you know, if they know, if, if you approach it respectfully, and if they care for you, and it's for your comfort, for your, you know what I mean. I, I'm not comfortable. Makes me feel like, oh, they'll adjust. They'll actually will change, not their personality. That's yeah, you know like I mean? you but know, habits. 
they'll they'll change their habits. They'll actually adjust for you. You know, absolutely. They, that loving man, if he loves you, he will. If he doesn't, if you approach him respectfully, he doesn't. You have a problem because now you have a narcissist, and this is the rest of your life. Then you can say, "Oh shit, this is the rest of my own life." This do right. So women typically have, you know, marry the guy who she hopes she could change or make act right. Bad idea. Men marry women hoping she won't change. Ever stay the way that she is and lovely and pretty and youthful and thin and you know like uh, treat him the way she treats him at that time when you know the energy is good instead of what he sees her doing her mother do with her father you know what I mean women it's it's funny right it's, it's so this is how we start this is how we start. Yeah, so getting that all buttoned up before the wedding is critical. <laughs> critical, 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 critical. It makes the rest of your life much easier when you know how to effectively communicate with your partner, and you know, um, and, and you know, treating people the way you want to be treated is also a big chunk of that too. Of course, but again, that goes that goes into expectation. If you treat people the way you want to be treated, it doesn't mean they get it and they're going to get back. It's assuming that they actually, you know, have that in them. That's true. That's so absolutely you know I mean? That's a big one. Like, you should know better. Well, how, how would you have you never told them? Yeah. If you, you, know what I mean? you can't expect somebody to know how to treat like you, you teach people how to treat you. Absolutely. And it goes back to communication, boundary setting, you know, negotiating wants and needs. I don't like yeah. this. I like this. I don't love when you do this. I love when you do this. You know, more of this, less of that. Not comfortable with this. Comfortable with that. You know, these are easy conversations when there's no juice behind them. When you do it, when, you know, there's no tension because you're both frustrated. This is where, this is where people make the mistake. They, they try to handle things when they're mad because they're mad that things just happened and I don't want to fix it. Houston, we have a problem. That's not, <laughs> that's not. The energy you bring to a an exchange, a negotiation, it's not. It's a disaster, you know, yeah. in the making. Like, it's just, you know, I always say you have to, you have to be neutral, right? Yeah. You, you get elevated. You go, hold on. Time out. You know, just, de-escalate. You know, de-escalate. <laughs> go for a walk. Go for a drive. Go to the park. Go for whatever, right? Just like both of you, just boop. Come back and do Mike. The question I teach couples to us: Are we? Are you neutral? I'm neutral. Are you neutral? Can we talk? Yeah, no, <laughs> not yet. I'm not there yet. Okay, <laughs> half an hour. And, you know what I mean? Neutral. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise, the tone will come out. The you know the anxiety will come out. The you never. You always. I'm always. I never. You know. It's always. No, there's no such thing as never and always, right? Yeah. You can't start. Ah, anyway. I'm preaching now. Preach, preach. Uh, (laughs) Well, I'm really glad that you were able to join me today on The Wedding Dish and share all of this insight um, into relationships and and really, you know, give us some concrete examples as well. Um, Where can people find you online? Okay, so my website is, well, actually, I have a gift for your listener. It is my cat. By the way, by expectations, I expect him to do this every time I get on the Zoom call. That's, he does. Yeah. He does. <laughs> like, I know at I, one point I'm, I'm going to get the tail in the face. Yeah. I expect <laughs> my dog to snore audibly, and often you can hear it. 
He's <laughs> laying over here, just a little snoresaurus. Oh, oh, dwarves. Yeah, these are like you know life expectations, but we do this, people. Anyway, um, I have a gift for you, listeners. So, if you, it's a landing page that I created, if you go to Andre Group Coaching, it just it takes you to my calendar. And if anybody's curious about what I do, you know, like what I teach and how I help couples, um, you just go there, book it an hour. There's a VIP call, like time is a slot for an hour. It takes usually an hour and 15 because people have questions. It's not natural. And it's, a, it's called a digging into like, you know, what is it that's not working in your life? What is it that you want? What's the dream? And see, I can help you get there. So it's, it's an introduction to my work, but it's a, a deep dive into your life. Uh, what I what I I like that call because it's really powerful. Regardless if anybody continues or wants to work with me, but because I go, we go back and in about twenty minutes we go right into like what makes you tick. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of my clients are strong, independent, and powerful women. You know, they pride themselves in that. We're raised that way nowadays. But some are so masculine that way, strong, independent, and powerful that they they can't find relationship. They can't. Men don't date them. Men don't ask them out. If you go on one date, they don't get a second date, and then they start thinking there's something wrong with them. That's a lot of women that come at me. I do men's work as well, but ladies typically are 35 plus. They've done the whole career thing. They're excited about that, but now they want companionship, but they can't do it. They don't know what's wrong, and then they think there's something wrong with them. Right, and when you start thinking something wrong with you, guess what? There's something wrong with you because you think there's something wrong with you, right? Your 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 belief system becomes something wrong with me, right? So now you're broken. That's not how things develop well. So that call, the exploratory call, we actually kind of every one of us, every one of us, none of us get out of childhood unscathed. Not one of us. Between the age of five and eleven. Life kicks us in the head, and we all end up on the other side of this having made decisions about ourselves, about life, about the world, and about people. And those are the lenses in which we carry our lives. So a lot of women who struggle, and men who struggle with not getting what they want out of life, you know, whether it's business, personal, relationships, money, there's belief system that was in place when you're little that we forget about. When the computer was blank, people are jerk. You can't trust men. Women are crazy, right? I can never get what I want. I'm not good enough. These run your life from the back, from your subconscious. Not People even forgot they made those decisions. So that call, in 20 minutes, we kind of peel back the onion to like when that moment was. We find it. It's really quick. I'm good. I'm just saying. I'm good. <laughs> we get to it in 20 minutes, and then you can actually get liberated of like, there's nothing wrong with you because of this. This is a natural reaction. This is a natural defense mechanism. This, you get to be like this because of that moment, that decision, or these two, or these three, or these five. Typically, it's one or two huge ones that we forgot, right? And all of a sudden, there's nothing wrong with you, right? That's just normal. When this happened, that's the, that's the defense mechanism. Beautiful. Wow. Freeing. So you, you know. So now, what is it that you want? Let's go fix it. Let's fix that so you can actually have the freedom and go after what you want. What's that look like? You know, so that just to call alone, I guess it's a gift because it it, it, it liberates people. It often gives them hope. That's a huge chunk of time, so that's very generous. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's 
But it's important. It's it's a must. It's a must. You have to go there first. You know, you can't get into a healthy relationship until you clean up your baggage. You know, baggage, sometimes prior relationships, but all these still connect back to the decision you made about people, life, the world, yourself, when you're little. Period. Like, you know, so uh, it's easy to unpack, really, when you, and the moment you get it, okay, let's create different habits. Let's just think differently. Let's, okay, let that thought go. You're seven years old. Wow. And it seems silly, right? When people get there, it seems silly. Like, my whole life, this is what's been running me. I can't, I can't trust men. Wow. Just because my dad, wow. Is that true? Right? Go back to it. And then you check, like, as a grown-up, is it true? Well, I can trust him, but that's not all. <laughs> like, get your brain back, wrangle, your, you know, wrangle yourself in, and then now go experience life with the belief that most men are quite trustworthy. Yeah. That's that, huge. That's, a, that's huge, right? Like, so that's a whole different future. I live for that stuff. So an hour with somebody to get help them you know, pop the cork, <laughs> Bring it. I'm bring it. I love it. Oof, awesome. That was a lot. So that's so Andre group coaching is where we you go to the calendar. My website is uh projectequinox.net. Equinox E Q U I N O X. The Equinox is the perfect spot between light and dark. Get it? Men and women, balance. Uh, uh, I thought it was clever. <laughs> but it's dot net, not dot com, dot com. We end up with some planetary up website. Um, I have at Relation Dynamics is my Instagram, Facebook, uh, Project Equinox with Andrew Parody. Yeah, I'm all over the place. I also have a private group for the ladies. <clears throat> Something is it's called Dating and Relationships Insights. It's a private group on Facebook. It's huge, like almost 2,000 women in there now. And I just sort of constant feed material. So that group is free. You have to jump in, though. You have to be at, you know, what's the word? You have to be admitted in. So you have to apply, uh, but it's another way to bet. You know, I, I a lot of women get into the community first and listen to me more and watch me on you know YouTube and all that stuff, and then oh, they make a call. So there's a bunch of ways. With the website, you can spend the afternoon on the website. There's videos and blogs, and there's a lot of podcasts. I do, I do a podcast in actually in Toronto with um, Doctor Vibe. It's a men and masculinity podcast. So it's men talking men's stuff, relationship stuff, man on man. Fascinating for you ladies to check that out. To listen to men talk when you're not present. They're just saying. So like you can spend you can spend the afternoon on the site and just playing around. And uh, awesome. And we'll to. of course link out to that on our show notes and everything. Um, amazing. I love it. Well, I really appreciate you being here, Andre. It was such My a cool. Pleasure. Um, some really interesting insights. Um, you know what's and- funny? I saw your eyes go up. I'm sorry I'm interrupting, but you know, I said something and you went, like, and when, when I see you, you know, I, people process them and they go. Yep. Like, okay. Oh, that explains it's anyways. That was fun to watch you process. Like I think five times that you did. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, yeah. And I have one of those faces where you yep. can read everything I'm thinking on my face. It's yep. very obvious. I- I think it might be a redheaded thing, but I'm not positive. <laughs> so it was fun to watch you process. Is what I'm saying. It was cool. 
I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today on The Wedding Dish. While you are looking up Andre and Project Equinox, you can swing over to theweddingdishpodcast.com. You'll have show notes there with all the links to get on Andre's calendar and book that call, um, the one-hour call with him. And then um, you can find us on Instagram over at The Wedding Dish Podcast. And don't forget to uh, follow, rate, and review The Wedding Dish on your preferred podcast platform. Until next week, catch y'all later.